This is Amy Bauman, and you are listening to Speaking Truth with Love. For more information about myself or for His Glory Ministry, you can head to amybauman.com. Now here is today's show. Good morning. How y'all doing? Thank you so much for choosing to worship with us today. How have you been? If you're like a lot of people that I have been around as of the last week, maybe your week was very challenging. Maybe you felt like you were constantly fighting this battle that you couldn't see, that you really didn't even know you were in, and you've been struggling maybe with finances, with health, with your family. And every person that I have encountered over the last week, it's been like that. It's been like, Amy, I need your prayers. Amy, this is what's going on, uh, even in my own family. And so I'm not surprised when I ask the Lord, what do you want to talk about this week that he gave me this sermon? And I think it's really important for us. Uh, maybe these are things that you are already aware of. And if, if they are great, maybe it's going to be a refresher for you. But if, if this is something that's new to you, I just pray that this really speaks to your heart and opens your eyes for what's happening in this world and the battle that we are all in, whether we believe it or can see it or not. So I'd like to uh, open us up with prayer and then we'll dive right in. Father God, I just, I thank you. I thank you for your word today. I thank you for um, the message that you have prepared. And I just pray, Lord, that you will open our ears to what it is that you have to say to us, that you will anoint me, Holy Spirit, that I may speak your truth with love and that we will learn how to fight in this uh, this war, Lord, that's happening, and that you will give us the strength and, and just thank you for walking with us. We love you, we praise you, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I, uh, I had a challenging week myself, a good week, but a challenging week, and so I'm, I'm grateful for this message, I'm grateful for these words, and I just pray that... Um, it will be a, a blessing for you today. Lester Sumrall uh, was a great man of God. He's no longer with us. He's written many books, one of the books that, that I was able to read. And he wrote, It is a pity that in a great country like ours, the United States he's referring to, with its freedoms of the press and millions of Bibles, books, and magazines, people know less about demon power than the citizens of Africa or Tibet. Possibly through gross neglect, the ministers of our generation have not informed the people of the reality of demon power. We sing songs like, A, Morty, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, which was written by Martin Luther, with, with words like, For still our ancient foe, doth seek to work us woe. His craft and power are great and armed with cruel hate. On earth is not his equal. And we sing songs like this in church and we just say the words and we don't fully grasp what's happening. 
We read accounts in the Bible of Jesus and the disciples casting out demons and hearing, um, hearing from demons, actual demons that are speaking to Jesus and the disciples in the Bible. And we even read that Jesus was tempted himself in the desert by Satan while Jesus was in the desert. Yet, with, with all of this information, we still have a hard time believing that that still happens today. A lot of times we say, oh no, that's just in the New Testament. That was just what the, the new church experienced, demons and things like that. No, that was just something that Jesus went through because he was the son of God. No, that's, that's, that doesn't happen today. That, that's just in the, in the new church back in Jesus' time. And so here's the thing, though. With, with knowing this information, we face an enemy we cannot see and fight a battle not with physical weapons but with spiritual ones and and what happens when we don't even realize that we're in this battle we move through our lives day in and day out struggling listening to lie after lie after lie thinking that it is our own self-talk we're afraid and alone and we forget who we are in Christ. We forget our identity and, and we wake up one day and realize that our identities are stolen, our families are divided, and our health is hanging in the balance. It's as if we were struck in the night, we're injured and bleeding, and our adversary has walked off with all the spoils. The Bible tells us in Ephesians 6.12 that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. I'm here to tell you today that the battle is real. I'm here to tell you today that our enemy is the same today as it was back in the garden when he said to Eve, did God really say you shouldn't eat from this tree? Did God really say? And it's Satan himself. And we have to believe that. He is on the war path to, destruct, to distract us from God, to lie to us, and immobilize us with fear so that we can't do anything. So that we forget that we are made in God's image, that we forget that He has a plan and a purpose for our lives, that we forget that we are truly loved by God. And He, he does this, right? He distracts us and lies to us until we can't recognize who we're fighting. We won't understand how we're going to win, especially if we don't even realize that it's a battle and, and that God has actually given us the tools to fight. 
Paul tells us in Romans 8, 38 through 39, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And yet we read verses like this, realizing that we will never be separated and we are living lives today isolated and alone and apart from God. Why is that? What does this battle even look like, Amy? Tell me what this battle looks like (laughs) because I don't really get it. Well, here's the thing. The opening video that we watched uh, that we're, we're lied to day in and day out and we're tempted. We're tempted for all kinds of things. Temptation is one of the things in the battle. Every day we're tempted with what we see with our eyes, with what we hear with our ears, what we feel with the skin. And the enemy knows exactly what it is that we struggle with. And it's not, it's not just like um, this mystery, right? If, if we're struggling in our flesh with pornography, the enemy isn't going to put in our path a whole bunch of food videos and uh, restaurants and, and things like that. No, if we struggle with pornography, then in our path is constantly going to be this visual representation of, of the temptation that we want. Just like someone who, who has anger issues, for some reason, there's always a reason for them to be angry and they're going to constantly be fighting with their temper. If someone has a struggle with, with food or alcohol or drugs, there's always going to be this person floating in their life that's going to um, maybe be offering them those kinds of things because that's the enemy's intent. Our struggles are the weaknesses that we battle. The things that that we don't have, it feels like, enough strength to overcome in our own strength. James writes in 4, James 4, verses 1 through 4, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires? that battle within you. You desire, but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. And, and that's where we sit, right? Now, unlike any time before us, we have the world at our fingertips, on our phones, 
any place you want to go, you just press a button and it takes you there. Anything you want to see with your eyes. If you want something delivered to your house, you can have it the next day. We have invited the world into our lives by our phones. And the enemy is using this technology to make the world at our fingertips. We're being tempted every single day of our lives. And we have to know that this is part of the battle. And if we don't recognize it, we're just going to fall into the world and, and be a friend to the world when there are so many verses in the Bible that, that warn us against this. And here's the other thing. Don't think that you won't be tempted. We are all tempted every single day. Even Jesus was tempted. The Bible is clear pointing that out to us so that we will understand that even if Jesus were tempted, we're going to be tempted just like he was. And, and I personally think that was a bad move on Satan's part to even think that he could tempt Jesus in the wilderness. But we read that account in Matthew 4, 1 through 11. At that time, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. He fasted for 40 days and 40 nights and afterwards was hungry. The tempter approached him and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become loaves of bread. He said in reply, and this is Jesus speaking, It is written, One does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and made him stand on the parapet of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, He will command His angels concerning you, and with their hands they will support you, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, Again it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Then the devil took him up to a very high mountain, and he showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their magnificence. And he said to him, all these I shall give to you if you will prostrate yourself and worship me. At this, Jesus said to him, Get away, Satan. It is written, The Lord your God shall you worship, and him alone shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. One thing I want to point out with these verses is if we go back to the very beginning and we, we read, he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights and afterwards was hungry. The tempter approached him. How many times have you been tired or hungry physically? And those are your weakest moments. I know for me at the end of the day when I'm tired and it's been a long day, and I have things come up in my life, I've learned that those are not the times to address or maybe have this deep conversation with my husband. That's not a good time because I'm tired. It's been a long day. 
this is pointing out to us that this is when the enemy comes to us, right? When we're tired, when we're hungry, when it's been a long day, when we're feeling weak in our flesh. And, and he knew not to come to Jesus on day one when, when Jesus was, was alive and awake and fed and ready to go. No, he came to Jesus on the 40th day when he had been fasting for 40 days and was hungry. The Bible is telling us to beware, to be alert, to, to know that we will be tempted just like Jesus and to, to watch our flesh, you know, be alert of what's happening in your body. If you're tired, if you're hungry, if you're feeling full in the spirit or empty, we have to be awake and know that the enemy is going to come and he is going to tempt us. What else does this battle look like? How else does the enemy fight us day in and day out? Well, by his lies. The Bible tells us that he is the father of lies and that he is the author of confusion. And what happens when we are confused and struggling to know the truth? And I can tell you, I've watched plenty of people living their lives day in and day out confused. And before long, they don't know which way is up and they don't know what their truth is. The door has been opened. The enemy is coming in and lying to them and discouraging them and doing this so consistently that they want to give up, that they don't know how to turn things around. And this is where you see depression and discouragement and alcoholism and drug abuse and suicide. They just want it all to stop. And this is exactly what the enemy's goals are for you to stop, for you to stop living life, for you to stop being happy, for you to stop being married, for you to stop living. He doesn't like us. We were created in God's image and given authority on this earth, dominion and authority. And do you know why the enemy said I will give you all of these things. I will give you all of these things if you will just worship me. Because when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, they handed over the lease. They gave up that dominion and authority by sinning against God. And God has been working and moving through Jesus Christ so that we can take that back. And we did that whole series on dominion and authority. But we have to know that we have the dominion and authority. We have to recognize that we are in a battle, that we're fighting against an enemy who has come to steal, kill, and destroy. And that this is a very real thing. What happens when we are confused and struggling to know the truth? 
It's just like we've been wandering around for 40 days in the desert fasting. We aren't going to make good decisions. We're going to try to do things in our own strength. We're going to get discouraged and depressed and soon we won't know what our truth is. What is your truth today? Are you listening to the lies from the enemy, the father of lies, the author of confusion? Is he telling you things like this? You don't matter. God doesn't love you. Just take one more drink. Pop one more pill. Watch one more video. You deserve it. You only live once. Do what you want. It's all about you. Are those some of the lies that you are hearing today? Here's the truth. He is going to tell you whatever you need to hear so that ultimately he's stealing something from you. Whatever you feel you need to hear that day, whatever you think you need to hear in your flesh, that's what he's going to tell you until you've stepped off the path and now you're, you're wandering around in the desert, hungry and tired, and you're going to be constantly tempted by him, constantly telling telling you that you don't matter, that you might as well just end your life, that God doesn't love you, that God doesn't have a plan for you because ultimately he wants to steal from you and from me, your health, your marriage, your family, your future, and your life. And he's not going to stop He's not going to stop until two things happen. One, you, you're either dead in the road and he doesn't have to worry about you anymore. Or you start to fight. What are we going to choose? So, how do we fight? Well, we first have to recognize that this is a battle. And each one of us are in this battle every single day. But then we have to use the tools that God has given us. And it's all laid out for us in his word. We just have to read it and we have to put it on. If we direct our attention to Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, Paul speaks of the full armor of God. And this isn't just any old armor. This is God's armor. And he gives it to each of us that we may put it on and fight in this battle. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, 
but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with a readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows from the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. He's laid it all out for us. He's put it down in his word so that each day, and, and this isn't once a week or once a month, this is each day when our feet hit the floor that we have to put on this full armor of God. We need to arm ourselves with these tools so that we can fight against the enemy and rise above his lies. And if you're wanting more information, I have a really great visual that I would be happy to email you so that you can put this on your refrigerator or on, this, on your mirror or carry this with you in your Bible. But we have to put on the helmet of salvation and the breastplate of righteousness and the belt of truth and the shoes of the gospel and the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit, which is God's living word. We need all of these things. Each piece has a specific purpose and why we need to do it. But once you dress with all of those things, you will, you will need free hands, right? Free hands to pick up the sword of the spirit, which is our only weapon of offense against the enemy, and our shield of faith, which guards us from all of those flaming arrows. You're going to have to let go of whatever you're carrying around in your hands. We, we can't hold the sword of the Spirit and the shield of faith when we're holding on to the things of this world. When we're hanging on to our past and our regret and our sin, we have to put those things down and fully step into the fullness of what God has in store for us so that we can grab our weapons so that we can fight this battle. When you feel like you're still holding on to something, maybe that's fear or regret, well then, then you've obviously laid down your shield and sword somewhere. You have to make an exchange. Only carry around what the Lord has given you, not what the enemy tries to give you each day. And he will. He'll try to recycle to you lies and regret and your past mistakes and your sin. And how do you do that? How do you fight 
Now that you have the full armor on, day in and day out. Well, I shared with you that the people that I have been surrounded by have been struggling. One of those people was my mom. And she called me up and she said, I have been having some pain, I've been having some weight loss, I've been having this, and, and, and she listed off the symptoms and she said I went in to see the doctor. And after meeting with the doctor, they said they really believe that I have cancer. And so I felt like we were standing at this, this crossroads, right? Where we have all these different paths we can take. And, and what I said to her and, and what we did together is, is I said, okay, you have this potential diagnosis of cancer. You have all of these symptoms that, that are leading to cancer. You have all of these things that are happening in your body right now. This is what we are not going to do. We are not going to receive the diagnosis of cancer. That's not what God's Word tells us. God's Word doesn't say, I'm going to give you depression and I'm going to give you cancer and heart disease and diabetes and I'm going to do all these other things. No. God's Word says that I am going to give you life and to the fullest. So, Mom and I are talking on the phone and we say, no, we are not going to receive the diagnosis of cancer. And so we start praying. We start thanking God for his healing. We start thanking God for his restoration. We start praising God for what his word says. And we start rebuking the enemy. I rebuke you, enemy. You are not allowed to manifest in my mom's life. You are not allowed to manifest in her physical health. You are not allowed to work and move in her and through her. And so we started praying and we invited other people to come in and agree with us to pray and agree so that we're all praying and agreeing and rebuking. And then we thank God for modern medicine. And so she continues to do the things that the doctor says that she should do, like have blood work and have a test and, and be examined. And I'm here to tell you today that each test, each thing that she encountered one step at a time came back negative. There was no white blood cells in her blood work. There was no sign of cancer. Her heart rate was good after she was monitored for a couple days. The, the test that she had at the hospital came back negative. And I'm telling you that today she stands whole and healed. And this battle that we fought against the enemy, we won. And we did that by putting on the full armor of God, by praying and believing in his word. And each person that I spoke to over the course of the week, that's what we did. We rebuked the enemy. We asked for 
God's word to be realigned in that person's heart, in that person's spirit, in that person's body. We canceled the plans of the enemy. We stood on the foundation of Jesus Christ. And that's, my friends, how you fight every day, day in and day out, battling an enemy. And you say, not today, Satan. Not today. And if you're wondering if there are verses that you can apply to this battle that you're facing right now in your life, that you want reminders, that you want confirmation, well, the Bible is filled with verses that talk about the spiritual battle. James 4, 7, Submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. 1 John 4, 4, you are from God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. God is bigger. God is stronger. God is greater than anything that the enemy wants to pass out and hand out and dish our way. And I think sometimes when we get tired and we get hungry and we've been wandering around in the desert for 40 days, that we get discouraged, that when the enemy comes to tempt us, that we don't use God's word to say, it is written. We fall into it. We listen to the lies. We become distracted and discouraged and we go off course. And we forget that he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 5. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. If you are struggling today with overthinking and racing thoughts and, and thoughts that are not of God, thoughts of this world, you can take capture every single one of those thoughts and put it down at the foot of Jesus Christ. We don't have to be under our circumstances. We have been given the dominion and authority and what Jesus went to the cross for and died for and rose again for is so that we can have life and to the fullest without strongholds, without the things that we are struggling with in this world. 1 Peter 5, 8-9 Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith. It tells us right there that our enemy is walking around looking for someone to destroy. Maybe that has been you this week. What did you do to fight against it? Did you have the full armor of God on? Did you recognize that it was a battle? Were you rebuking and decreeing and declaring God's word? 
Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon that is formed against you will prosper, and every tongue that accuses you in judgment you will condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their vindication is from me, declares the Lord. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Do you believe that today? When I took that call from my mom, I had to believe that with everything that I was. And I had to tell her, Mom, we are not going to receive that diagnosis because that's not what God's Word says. We have to be able to know what's true. We have to know our truth. And that, so much of that has to do with what is our foundation? What are we standing on? Are we standing on God's word or are we standing on this world? No weapon formed against you shall prosper. That is a hallelujah moment right there. Knowing that no weapon formed against us shall prosper is a thank you, Jesus. I am going to receive that today and I'm going to pray that over my entire family, over my situation, over my finances, over my home, over my community. We can start winning every single battle when we recognize that it is one and when we put on that full armor and fight. So. Here's some things that you have to remember today. It's a battle. What we're experiencing is not just this mindless, automatic, this is just the way that it is. This is just God's will. This is just what's supposed to happen. It's not how it works. No, God has a plan and a purpose. And the things that you have been experiencing, if they have been of ill health and poor finances and a struggling marriage and loss of your identity, none of that is from God. That is all from the enemy. So today, if you have any takeaway at all, recognize that it's a battle. Number two, God gives us the tools all we have to do is put them on. All we have to do is understand how they work so that when we're putting on the helmet of salvation, we're understanding that that is protecting our mind from all of that stuff that's coming to us, from that enemy sitting on our shoulder telling us all of those lies. That helmet of salvation protects it. When we're putting on the breastplate of righteousness, we know that that is covering up our internal organs, our heart, all of those delicate parts of us that's protecting us. We know that when we're putting on the belt of truth, that that is what our foundation is, God's word, our truth, and that any of the lies that the enemy is telling us, we recognize that those are lies. When we're putting on the shoes of the gospel, we're knowing that we're centering ourselves right in the middle of his peace because he's the prince of peace 
and that we can navigate and operate each day in peace, causing peace over our situations, being peacemakers in our jobs, in our homes, in ourself. When we pick up that shield of faith, we know that our shield of faith is guarding us against those fiery darts and arrows from the enemy that keep coming our way. And are we going to have a small faith shield or a big faith shield? And that's dependent on how much are we spending in God's word and how much we're growing our faith. Each person is given a measure of faith, but we can't just walk around with this measure of faith and this tiny shield. We have to grow and renew our minds and be in God's word so that we can grow our shield of faith so that it will fully protect us from the darts of the enemy. And when we pick up the sword of the spirit, which is God's word, we will be able to fight the enemy and say to him, it is written, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. You are under my feet. You are the author of confusion and the father of lies, and I am not going to listen to you. We need the full armor of God each day to fight. We have to use the tools that God gives us. And number three, we have to be consistent. We have to know that this is a battle and that each day when we get up, we're going to put on that full armor and we're going to fight and we're not going to give up until he comes again. Each day we're going to get up and put on that full armor and say, not today, Satan. Not today. You cannot have my mom. You cannot have my family. You cannot have my finances. You cannot have my identity. You cannot have my joy. This is what we each have to say, my friends. And we have to believe it. Not today, Satan. Not today. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you. I thank you that you have given us everything we need to journey this world. That you've given us uh, your direction, that you've given us your word, that you've given us the tools, that you've prepared our hearts so that we know this is a battle. Help us to receive all of this information, Lord, and help us to put it into practice so that we can get up every day and fight. And I just pray for each person watching, Lord, each person listening, that if they are struggling right now, that if, if they are stuck in this battle, Lord, and, and are too weak and, 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 and need help, Lord, that you will help us to gather around them as prayer warriors, as other brothers and sisters in Christ that can help them stand up and fight, Lord. And we know that we have to do that in the spirit. We have to do that uh, trusting and believing in you. And I just pray that you will send the Calvary that you will send other people to walk alongside of them and pray for them and help them till they get back on their feet. No matter what they're facing, Lord, financial issues, health issues, marriage issues, uh, whatever it is, Lord, that you will just 
Let them know how much you love them, that you will equip them and strengthen them, and that you will send people to help them fight during this time. We thank you for your word. We, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for sending your son, Lord, to save us. Thank you for uh, this day. And I just pray that you will bless each person that's part of our service. We love you. We praise you. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for joining me today. Stay tuned for more Tuesday teachings, Sunday sermons, and encouraging messages along the way. And until next time, be blessed.